we are now in an era where uh, commercials that run on the Super Bowl are no longer for food and no longer for cars. Now we are in an era where the biggest commercials on Super Bowl are for video games. V video games. You're talking about Fortnite. We're talking about uh, uh, Candy Crush. We're talking about name another video game. You, you Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All of them. See, we're in a new era. <laughs> we're in a new era. But, but I am 100% certain that if this one game only received a tenth of a penny for every time it was played, it would be worth quadrillions. <laughs> yep. Real term, too. Pastor term. I am certain that this game has been played beyond most of your understanding and comprehension, and it has transcended generations. This game is called Tag. Tag, that, that game where you learned communication. Tag taught me how to rap. I used to be like, okay, any, uh, uh, meeny, miny, mo, and then I see I'm about to be the one picked, and I'm like, Foe, you, for sure, you got to go. You it, you it, dog. You, you know, like, you're, like you, you, you know, you're not going to be it. Tag was that game that everybody played. And it was cool because you didn't need to have equipment. All you needed was a hand. All you needed was the ability to touch someone. Family, we are going to talk today about the the beauty of God's grace, the beauty of God's love, the beauty of God's heart, and how he plans and wants us to move through just simply touching someone. Will you look with me in God's word as we turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31? Deuteronomy chapter 31. We're going to hear from God's heart today as we as we consider God's vision for our church in 2023. It always starts with God's heart. What does he long for? We never start with what does he want us to be about or do. We start with who he is and his beautiful character and what he cares about. Deuteronomy chapter 31, and we are going to start with verse 10. And oh, somebody tell me, what page is that in our Bible? 173, Deuteronomy chapter 31, starting at verse 10. And Moses commanded them at, at the end of every seven years, at the set time in the year of release, at the Feast of Booths, when all Israel came to appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and little ones, and the sojourner within your towns, that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God and be careful to do all the words of this law. Moses is a man that has led the people of God. He's led them through two traumatizing events. He's led them through uh, slavery that they went through and, and the exodus where they were able to be freed from slavery. And then he's led them through the wilderness. And the wilderness was a tough time because this was when the people of God were homeless. 
people of God were traveling, and the wilderness is a space that God wants his people to remember. So he says, I want y'all to do this celebration called a celebration of booths. These booths are to remind the people of God when they had no home, and he set them up in little tents as they traveled. He's basically saying, when you were struggling and had nothing, I was your provider. It was me that provided you. That, that little tent that you thought, who would sleep in that ever, that got you through. And I want you to celebrate me every seven years. So this is like a, 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 a community event. It's something that, that there's a bond from the people who went through it together. It's almost like a, a family reunion. How many of y'all had a family reunion before in your life? Family reunions are cool because you bring together the family and you get everyone together and then we start arguing, right? Because somebody remember the situation, but it ain't go like that. Yeah, last year, we, we, you know, you remember when grandma came from Alabama. What? Grandma was from Atlanta. What you talking about? You know, like we all start reminiscing over the history and how life went down and it's a family affair. And God is telling the family of God, I want you to celebrate me and recall me caring for you and being your provider. But notice who he has present in the family event. It says, I want you to go get all the men. I want you to go get all the women. I want you to go get all the kids, the little ones, the the children. They need to be raised up so that this beautiful history is not lost. And they, too, will remember, oh, God provided for my family. He's worthy of my worship. But notice there's a fourth crew that doesn't look like they should be in there. There's a fourth group called the sojourners. Sojourners. Sojourners is a, is, a, is a term that's used in three different ways described in the Bible. It's used as alien. It's used as um, uh, alien, foreigner. And it's also used as stranger. Stranger. You, you telling me at the family reunion, we're supposed to bring a stranger? Now, side note, I done been to many family reunions that wasn't my family. <laughs> it, it just be like that, right? Like you get cool with the friend, and then before you know it, you calling the auntie, auntie, but she's not your real auntie. It's just mixing happens, right? But, but, but this, we're not talking about like a close bond. We're talking about strangers. Now, I've never had a total stranger at the family reunion because there's a bond, there's a, a communal element, and God says, no, that's actually my heartbeat. My heartbeat is one where you're not going to be so insular that you miss that my light, my love, my care is beyond just you. And so even in your times of celebration, when you recall me being the one that got you through, I want you to bring in the stranger. I want you to care for the sojourner. I want you to take the one who is lost and allow them to be able to experience community. Now, why was a stranger 
a stranger? What would attract a stranger to the people of God? A stranger was attracted for three reasons. One, God's people showed a beautiful light. All throughout the Bible, God's people are not perfect. God's people have done some stuff, but there was this light that shone from them because God had his favor upon them. So for one reason, strangers and people who don't know God get attracted to him because of the light people of God emanate. But also because God speaks to us differently than the world. If you go through Deuteronomy, it's an interesting book because it lays out law after law about how you're supposed to treat strangers. You know why? Because we treat people different than us, kind of different. Mm-hmm, look at her over there with that long hair. Look at him in them glasses. Why can't he see like me? You know, we start, we start finding differences within, oh, your natural hair? Mm-hmm, what she thinks, she better than that? We start all types of things just because of difference, and God knew our sinful hearts. Even even the people of God, those that he chose, he's like, I got to make laws so that y'all get not to be mean and not to take advantage of and not to oppress a stranger. Why? Because it is God's heart to care for all. The last reason why people would be attracted to the people of God when they were strangers is because God's people had needs that were met and the strangers were coming from war the strangers were coming from persecution the strangers were coming from uh famine and they needed something and god's like i got you but we know that the world is in need of something greater than just a quick hot meal the world needs a savior to care for and comfort their souls You know anybody that's struggling right now with how they see themselves? You know anybody that's constantly angry? You know somebody that's scared all the time? You know somebody that just can't experience joy? Do you know somebody that dot, dot, dot? Do you see Jesus as their helper? Do you see Jesus as the one that is the, the, the peace that they get a chance to experience? Do you see Jesus as the solution? He says, I want you to welcome in the stranger. See, fam, any vision that we're going to have for this year is going to be rooted in God's heart. And God's heart desires for people to be connected and to show and demonstrate a love for all, including those not within his family. So I want you now to join with me as we turn a little bit into our New Testament. New Testament is going to help us see not only God's heart, but God's hands on the situation. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to start with verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God has a heart for the stranger. Desires a stranger to become family, desires for their problems to be cared for in him. I 
I've had to wrestle with this some time. If I can be honest, I don't, I don't see all strangers alike. As you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I don't see all strangers alike. There are some strangers that, that, that I'm like, okay, yeah, I see your issues. They're like very clear and present, you know. You, you struggle with fighting. You struggle with arguing. Uh, uh, your tongue sharper than a double-edged sword. Like you, 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 you come with it. Like, like. But then there's the people who are just like nice. You know, nice. You gotta hold that. You know. <laughs> there's there's those folks that like they they are financially set. They are probably more kind than me. They help out humanity generally. They do service projects in the community. Can I keep the list going? I'm talking about that group, that group of people who, like, it don't seem like they have any issues. And I almost don't put them in the stranger category. Because do they, do they have needs as clear as everyone else? They almost are like, get a, get a little bit of a free pass. And God says they are just as far away from my heart as the person that you may think is struggling. Look, at, look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 11 starts and says this. We're gonna, it says, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But, we are, it, but what we are is known to God. And I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. Pastor, what's this saying? Because this word then got on my nerves, Pastor. I hear you. You ain't even got to say nothing. I hear you. Persuade. I don't, I don't like that word as a Christian, that I would have to persuade someone to understand who God is. You're telling me, Pastor, I got to get into a verbal, a verbal uh, debate with someone so that they would understand and love Jesus? No. Well, maybe. But, but that's not the heart I'm trying to get you to. Under, look, read with me, and you got to look at it on the screen. Because the, the, the message, which is another uh, uh, um, Bible translation uh, that occasionally I use that, that still gets to the heart of it, but he used a, ve- excuse me, a very layman's term way of communicating a gospel truth. Look with me how, how the message says those same verses. It says, that keeps us vigilant. You can be sure. It's no, it's no light thing to know that we'll all one day stand in that place of judgment. That's why we work urgently with everyone we meet to get them ready to face God. You see that difference? So you can get hung up on the idea of persuading and arguing, or you could say, no, 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 no. The premise here is that because of who God is, and I know someday I shall meet him, someday I shall see him, someday I shall get to rejoice in who he is. And guess what? Everybody will. Everybody's going to have to meet him someday. Everybody's going to have to stand in his presence, and I want to help someone. Get the opportunity to rejoice like me. I care enough about someone that I want to share who Jesus is so that they have the opportunity to do what they were created for, for which is worship. I care. 
Because God cares. Because God longs for the stranger to know him. And I want to see this person reflect God. See, family, when we get and hear certain words, certain words like like automatically trigger you, right? A word like persuade can lead you to be like, I don't persuade people. Okay. Do you care for them? Do you love them? Would you want to see them able to be presented before God and experience joy in the Lord? Would a word like evangelism mean something as simple as them knowing the gospel and being able to love Jesus? Would that excite you? Sometimes, y'all, it doesn't excite me. Can, 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 we be, can we be honest for a second? When a term like evangelism or persuading gets used, there are all types of things that come up in us. I'm going to come back to that. Hold that. I want us to hold that tension for a minute. Continue with me in the verse. Verse 13. For if we are besides ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So now we go from a desire for strangers to be able to know who God is to also experiencing the beauty of the gospel. This gospel message is one that has freed us. This gospel message is one that has set us afire. This gospel message is one that has given us new hope. Bless you. Continue with me. Verse 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. creation. Amen. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I love that this doesn't say a new environment. It doesn't say a new job. It doesn't say money got tripled by three doesn't say everything got beautiful and easy. It says she or he is a new creation. You are now transformed in the midst of what might be your same situation. You are now equipped with the joy and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You now are able to see things in a different way than you used to see them. You are able to respond differently Than you used to. All this, verse 18, is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let me, let me just share with you a basic understanding of reconciliation, because it's not a term that we use very often. 
It's not a word that gets, that gets tossed out. Imagine this. Christian Reconciliation from a, a website called uh, gotquestions.com says this. It said, hey, if you had two close friends that were arguing, they were like best of friends. The relationship they once enjoyed is strained and it gets broken. They stop speaking to each other, gradually become strangers. They even get angry and are hostile when they see one another. The two friends somehow, though, after years, begin to talk. Pride and resentment is set aside. Apologies are extended and people are accepted and the trust begins to be rebuilt. When peace is finally restored and the friends embrace, reconciliation has been achieved. Now imagine that, that between two friends, only one of them was at fault. And the other friend, totally innocent, is the one who initiated the conciliatory, the the reconciling, who was the one who said, please forgive me. It was the one that extended out their arms. That is what Christian reconciliation like, and that is what God has done to sinners. This God has reconciled with each of you. He has offered up himself to say, I love you enough to die for you. I want you to experience my joy. I want you to experience freedom from all of the things that hinder you. I want you reconciled unto God. And it happens through Jesus. And then he says, and now I'm imparting it unto you. I'm imparting unto you the opportunity to do the same. You have been reconciled, family. Now you are empowered to go and be a reconciler. But why don't we do it? Why, why is it tough? I have on my next slide 83 reasons why fear stops us. Reason number one. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm going to call on a couple people here. First, let me, um, okay, Tasha, let me, let me have, actually, no, not Tasha. Let me get D. D, can I have, no, not D, let me. You feel that? You, f- you feel that tension, the tension that you might be called on, the tension of fear, the tension of the unknown? And what's crazy is that in this room, in this environment, the reason why even in that fear, most of you, most of you, if I would have called on you, would have still come up here because you trust me. Because you know that I, as your pastor, with all of my failures, with all of my shortcomings, you know that I have your good at heart. You see, that's the core of evangelism. That's the core of reconciling, of talking with others. It is Jesus Christ saying, I've got your good in mind. I know you are scared and I know you don't know what to expect, but trust me. But will you trust me? See, evangelism, we get the thought that it is for the other person, that it is for all the strangers. You too arrogant. We arrived. We we just here to help them. Evangelism is a tool that God uses to build our trust. And in 2023, God wants to do some things in your lives, but he needs to build our trust. 
He needs to grow us in utter dependence on him. He needs to have us be able to see fear and still keep walking towards him. And all along the way, we're helping others. Give me the reason why we wouldn't share. Give me the reason why we wouldn't reconcile, why we wouldn't introduce people unto God. It's not as if we don't have a story. But pastor, I don't know enough Bible. Did he save you? But pastor, I didn't memorize enough scripture. Did he save you? But, but pastor, like, like I, I'm not perfect. I, I was in an argument last night. Did you apologize? Go apologize. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like. Reconciling doesn't mean I need to be perfect in order to be used. Actually, it's quite the opposite. In your brokenness, this God will say, now I got you. Now I can use you. Now we can move forward. But this element still remains. You got to trust me. I get the opportunity to speak before you all weekly. And I get nervous, scared, and worried every time God calls me to share my faith. I wish I could be like, that's, and, 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 and y'all know me. I love to talk. I like talking to people. It's, it's moving from basketball. It's moving from the kids. It's moving from cars. It's moving from all these other things that when you are actually honest with me and you're real with me, and now the need is clear, now the need is there, that I want to keep talking about basketball instead of introducing you to the need meter. I'm not saying you got to be a pro at it. Our church wants to walk with you in it. What I'm saying is we love people enough because God cares for them enough to say, yeah, I'm going to put a you in their life that knows who he is that can help. We are not the saviors, but we can introduce them to Christ and see them reconciled just as we were. Just as we were. There's a few things, though, in, in our MacAv pass that I want to make sure we just highlight because it'll help us as we move forward. It'll help encourage us as we want to be, as we want to be reconcilers. There's a, a, a few quick things. Uh, I want us to make sure we learn from our past so we, that we can move forward. One is, is uh, uh, I think we thrive in having a culture of hospitality. But uh, this last pandemic has made it harder for us to be welcomers. So we want to grow in that. And evangelism can help to that end. We have a renewed focus of, uh, of, of prioritizing like your emotional well-being and your, your physical well-being, which is, which is really wise. Like we want to make sure we're not burning ourselves out. But we also want to make sure we're still being stretched for the good of the church and the body and the community. The body serves others uh, and, and is sacrificial in many ways. Uh, but we also want to want to make sure that uh, people are serving in areas that actually gives them some encouragement and like is life giving. And lastly, uh, we got a growing base of amazing leaders within our body 
folks that are, are thriving and helping us do things as a church, uh, but we also want to make sure that the community uh, that's outside these walls gets welcomed in, discipled, and grows so that the same leaders are not rotating. Amen? Evangelism helps with all these things practically, but we're not just about practical. We're about God's heart, about God's heart. And one of the components of God's heart is the importance of resting while we evangelize, resting while we share, resting while we reconcile. And somebody's saying, Pastor, how do you rest and be about God's mission with sharing who he is? Well, 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 let me just make sure I'm not the only one in the room. Sometimes if you have felt like overwhelmed or exhausted, would you raise your hand? Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. All right. So we all on, we on the same page. Good. Maybe not good. Um, but see, 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 if rest is not simply the, the me doing nothing. I'm, I'm just I'm just not doing nothing. Don't nobody mess with me. Like, don't get me wrong. I like doing nothing sometimes that there's an appropriate space for doing nothing. Cut the phone off. But that is not the biblical idea of rest. The biblical idea of rest fits into like overall shalom, overall peace, overall well-being. And and some of you all have helped me experience rest. A case in point. I have found some of my greatest rest when I've been with you all. Me and Ken sit back, kick back laughing and talking about something or, or, or have somebody's having a barbecue and we all sitting around. Those are like some of my greatest memories of experiencing rest. But I, I experienced that, and I'll, I'll use Ken since I threw his name out. I, I experienced that because Eric Nielsen walked down his block, knocked on his door, and invited him to church. You, 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 see the, you see the domino effect? Like, like, like sometimes rest happens through a community experience, and if nobody invites nobody, then how are we resting if we're doing life all alone? But see, God will use us to empower, to encourage, and to, to recruit, and to bring in, and to draw in. You hear those voices up here today? Each of them have a story of how they were invited to Macav. But I imagine they also got a story of how they were invited to Jesus. You see, we want to see people's skills, abilities, and giftings on display. But sometimes it starts with an invitation. It starts with us resting in the Lord. But that doesn't mean we don't reach out to others. So, Pastor, lastly, what does this look like? Because the kid's getting restless and it's getting hot. Don't worry, the, the pot roast ain't going nowhere, but I'll be over in 15. Um, okay. So, what does this look like? <laughs> this looks like the, the idea for me of on your mark, get set, let's go. On your mark, get set. Let's go. All right. So on your mark, on your mark is, 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 is when you like actually got to get to the starting line. It's the, it's the hardest point of any type of activity. It's where you actually commit to do it. 
if, if, if we talked about uh, how many of y'all did the New Year's resolution, um, um, I'm going to start working out. I, trust me, this time I ain't going to quit. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm, you and me both, right? But, but, but working out, if I come get you and I take you into the gym and I say, all right, let's get going, how hard is it to work out once you're in the gym? It ain't that hard. In that bed, 5.15 in the morning, that's where it's hard. That's where the commitment comes. That's where the difficulty comes. And I'm saying to be on your mark is, is, is to just recommit first to the idea of who Jesus is. For some of us, it is, Lord, I have not had you on my radar for leading my life like I once did. And I need to recommit to who you are, recommit to 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 the beauty of who you are. We're going to have a a, 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 um, a video that just talks about even what it means to share the gospel and how you can do that. Some of us need to read. It's been it's been so long. Right. Like you, you get rusty and you're like, man, I ain't shared my faith in a few years. Nobody trying to guilt you. Our goal is to see us all grow. And so some of us just need to be reintroduced to the beauty of what the gospel story is or how you might in your flow share who Jesus is with someone. But maybe it starts with recommitting to Jesus himself. So. Getting on your mark is committing either to Jesus or to re-engaging with the gospel. Getting set. So now I'm just going to get down and try to do the track thing, but I ain't run track, and I'll offend all the track people. Like, that ain't how you do it, Pastor. Uh, getting set, though, is getting yourself in position, putting yourself in position to share with Christ, to share Christ with others. So in this, we're asking you to do, uh, to consider these things. Praying for four people and submitting their names to us. You have before you a phone or you have before you a contact card. I would ask you today before you leave to write down four names. People that you are going to begin to pray for that God would reconcile them to himself and that he might even use you. I'm saying maybe do two long shots. Dude at the gas station and old girl at work that I can't stand. Oh, did we say that? Um, you know, two long shots, you know. And then, but then maybe two people that are, that are like more, not easy, but like, you know, my cousin, who I've been loving forever, we fell out of contact. I'd love to rekindle that. Like, like don't, it don't have to be a mountaintop with everything. Like, like, so consider four people. Write them down. I'm humbly asking you to go ahead and submit it before you leave in the back or do it on submit it. We have a quick link in the chat that you could uh, submit that. The second way to put yourself in position is to have a Mac church member over to your home or to the commons or to the church for a time of fellowship. I would say for dinner, uh, but then that's just me because I like to eat. Um, you know, but for coffee or whatever. Why? Because sometimes, well, first off, we don't know each other. Everybody don't know everybody. 
So when we are inviting strangers in, we want to invite them into a family experience. And how, how, how beautiful it is when we are building bonds as a family. And sometimes before you go try to evangelize with a stranger, see if you can just have a meaningful conversation with somebody in the church that, that you don't know. I'm watching. I'm looking. Because family's like, oh, pastor, you're asking me to go talk to somebody. It's easier to start with family here than at times it is to start out there. Amen? And so look, how are we going to do it? Because you're like, I don't know phone numbers, pastor. I don't know. We have a church directory. Please go to the chat, YouTube right now. Make, put your information in the directory if you would like to be a part of our church directory. So somebody could reach out to you or you could simply write your name down on one of those contact cards, put it in the back. But pastor, I ain't been here a long time. So, but pastor, I know everybody. No, you don't. But pastor, like, like, like there's there's somebody we can all grow with within these walls. And if uh, and, and that and that that's true even for myself. Amen. 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 Um, and then we're going to have uh, what's called our follow up team. Pastor Kay and I have been uh, blessed by Jenny, who over the years has been organizing um, contacts that we have from different outreaches. Just two months ago, y'all remember how October, how amazing the, the harvest party was. Everybody, people was at the harvest party. Amen. Yeah. Awesome time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Our sister Hannah led us was a blessing. We've got like I don't even know I'm about to make up a number. We got a lot of names that came and said, I would love to be followed up with through MacAv. So the follow-up team will just be people who give them a call and say, hey, how you doing? MacAv connected. We would love to see you come to church. Is there any way we could pray for you? And they may say, yeah. They may say, no. They may say, how do you get my number? Who is this? I don't know you no money. Like, we don't know how they're going to respond. The, the point is, we're putting ourselves in position to have opportunities to share the gospel. And, and none of this will be by yourself, which is why, thirdly, if we say on your mark, then we say get set. Lastly, we say let's go. Because we as a family are going to do this. Pastor Kay and I will be training the body in evangelism. We will have space where you can be equipped to do this. And there will be time when we will make calls together and maybe do like a phone-a-thon. We got some cool ideas of reaching back out to these amazing people who've said, I want to be contacted. What if that stranger becomes the next evangelist that brings revival at Pingree Park? What if that stranger becomes the next person that's playing the drums and Alonzo's teaching them? Like we we just don't know what the Lord has in store. We do know he would love for us to do our part. And so, family, uh, we're going to see our fellowship groups uh, have the opportunity to 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 a couple times a year just do an evangelistic outreach, whether that's to have a barbecue, a game night, whatever, and invite people in. Uh, so that we can have time to follow up, put ourselves in position. Which one do you want me to do, Pastor? You want me to get on the mark, get set, and let's go? No. If you do all three of those, uh, 
Bob, you got that beautiful long hair. Your hair would be like mine if you try to, it would be short if you try to do all three of those. Because the goal is not to exhaust you. The goal is not to like overwhelm you. The goal is not to guilt you. The goal is that you would be able to thrive. We still want you to rest. We just want to make it as easy or eliminate as many barriers as possible to the thing that Christians struggle most in, which is evangelism. If I ask any of you guys, hey, who wants to be in fellowship? Who's willing to pray? Who's willing to serve? Who's willing to set up the food? Who's willing to evangelize? Do you know the number of it's 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 difficult. But I think it's difficult because of it has such a beautiful return. Such a great reward. You, we are all the fruit of evangelism. And if you could see what I see, I see a beautiful church. Let us grow in the trust that the Lord is working on us in in the year 2023. So as you get ready to go, I ask you to stand on up. Yep. Really stand up. And the people at home, if you got a friend you know, you can do this next to your friend or spouse, kids. Everybody stand on up. Uh, worship team, y'all got about 3.9 seconds. I'll call y'all up in a heartbeat. But for right now, I just want you to do something with me. I want you, uh, and kids, I love y'all. I want y'all to participate in this, but it's a serious, so don't play. I want you to just reach next to someone and tag them. Tag. Yep. See how see how easy it is. The the reality is each of you was able to touch someone. But we all present have been touched by the Lord. And so now what will we do with this beautiful reconciling thing that's happened in our hearts where we tag or touch another. It's simple. It's one of the most joyous things out there, and it doesn't require much, y'all. It doesn't require you to be perfect, you to have a certain amount of money. It doesn't require much. It just requires a willingness to depend on the Lord. 2023, family, we've been reconciled to reconciled to be reconcilers. You'll see our logo. It shows one word reconciled. It happened in our lives. Now we get to have the rippling effect to go and care for others. Let us pray together, family, as the worship team comes forward. Lord, 2023 is a beautiful year. Not because of uh, the sunshine and 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 sunny days. It's a beautiful year, Lord, because you are in control. The scripture says that, that you died for all. And as long as that's our truth, as long as that's our reality, Lord, we will have a joyous year. But help us, Lord. Help us to grow. Help us to see evangelism as the way you want to see us grow as a body not numerically, Lord, grow us in our spiritual dependence on you. We always say, Lord, 
If a thousand people come to faith, but none of them come to Mac, we've still succeeded. Father, would you allow this community to feel the impact of this family loving as you did. Loving the foreigner, loving the alien, loving the sojourner, loving the stranger. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. If you are uh, one of the beautiful people today that has said, I want to recommit my life to Jesus, let me make sure you understand what you are recommitting to. You're committing to a God who loves you so much, who created you for a purpose. And when he did so, he said, I want to see you flourish. I want to see you at your best. And right now, what hinders your best is sin. A sin that you can't do anything about. A sin that you keep saying, tomorrow I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop. And you can't break that cycle. But I've died to break the cycle for you. That's what Jesus offers, a breaking of the cycle and an opportunity to walk in righteousness. Does it mean you will be perfect, perfectly recreated, but you still will stumble here on earth? But not only does he offer you freedom from sin, he offers you forgiveness. And so today, if you would like to experience forgiveness and freedom, we invite you to come forward as I will be here ready to pray with you and our church body will be ready to celebrate Christ with you. We are here now and we will be here up front throughout service.